For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings shall we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 123 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're going to talk about Star Wars. Surprise, surprise. I have had yeah. a whirlwind of a day. Halls has been doing work. Yeah, man. I've been recording segments for that Blue Harvest holiday special. We'll get to that I'm in just so a second. I'm so excited. Yeah, I've prepared uh, some recipes for the show. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, and uh, it's coming together nicely, guys. I'm really, really stoked with how it's coming together. A couple of more pieces to get in line, and then hopefully by this time next week, it'll be up for you guys to purchase. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, before we get into all the news, let me give you guys a quick bit of business. How about oh, that? Oh, yeah. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at blueharvestpod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We've got a store, tpublic.com slash user slash blueharvestpodcast. Get shirts and whatnot. They're really neat. We got some cool shit. Uh... We are so excited to be part of the best Star Wars podcast network in the galaxy. Say that one more time. The best Star Wars podcast network in the galaxy. Just for reinforcement. The best Star Wars podcast in the damn ass galaxy. The (laughs) Making Star Wars podcast network. Hell yeah. Where we stand shoulder to shoulder with such titans of podcasting. In the Star Wars universe, as making Star Wars is now. This is podcasting. Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. And we are also very happy to be supporting the Kessel Toy Run to benefit the Long Beach Children's Hospital. If you would like to donate any new, unopened Star Wars toys to a very good cause, check out at the Kessel Toy Run 
on Twitter. They also have a Facebook page. Our good buddy Brandon has been posting pictures almost every day of the incredible things people have been sending and donating. And man, that makes me so happy. And like I said just a few minutes ago, we are going to have the 2017 Blue Harvest Holiday Special for sale very soon. And if you purchase that, all the proceeds from that are going to go towards the Castle Toy Run. So let's say you're one of our international listeners and you'd like, oh man, I'd really like to donate something, but the shipping is going to be astronomical. Would you know what you could do? You could purchase the Star Wars podcast special that we'll be putting out and your proceeds will go to help make these kids' holiday season a little brighter. And you know what? That's what it's all about, my friends. Using Star Wars for some damn ass good for once. Absolutely. As you can tell, I'm a little fired up. I am highly, highly caffeinated today. Like I said, I've been... I like it. Dude, have, you're peppy. I'm peppy. Like a peppy bow. Peppy bow. Yeah, bow, I like bow. it a lot. It was good business. It was on fire. <laughs> you know what? I, I've been recording with some of my favorite fucking podcasters today, talking about Star Wars and holiday and Christmas memories and... Mm, mm, you just guys you just wait you just wait to what you hear oh boy <sighs> anyway so pepped you know what it is is i've actually had pretty a, a sort of disappointing day in some aspects and it is just so oh, no. nice to talk to a level-headed good dude like my buddy will about absolutely dude that's our, what i'm here for about one of our favorite things in the world and that's what we're passionate about mm-hmm all right, my friends. Star Wars news for the week. <clears throat> Let me tell you a little story. So, I don't know what night it was. Maybe it was Wednesday night. Uh, our good buddy, friend of the show, Calvin, texted me. And he was like, dude, they just showed a badass TV commercial during the World Series. Surprise, surprise, I was not watching the World Series. Right. Uh, and I was like, oh, really? Was there new stuff in it? And he was like, lots of new stuff. And so that's when the mad scramble to try and find it online started. And then before I could even find it, he sent me a link. And it, man, a red hot fucking fire TV spot for The Last Jedi. I got to say, yep. not in terms of actual shots... Not a whole lot of new stuff, but the new stuff we got, whoo, right? Damn, it was, damn, it was cool. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll just hit it first. Luke on the motherfucking Millennium Falcon. As it's coming, the computer's booting up or whatever. That shit oh, is tight. So great. Um, I, and seeing that just like... Uh oh. Nothing. I knocked over. Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the streets (laughs) like they just don't care. Um, My mind grapes exploded with what does this mean? Now, look, let me level with you guys. The the Falcon is on Octo, Octo, Octu, Hachu, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, Luke is on Octo. It only makes sense that at some point we would see Luke on the Falcon. Right, like the Millennium Falcon is on my island. Eventually I'm going to go check this thing out again. But 
actually seeing it happen in the TV trailer, I can't believe how excited it, it made me. Yeah. And what does it mean, man? Is this... Oh, okay, so you, you take take the wheel for a second, and, and we'll take the wheel. I, you know, where does it go? Like, Luke's there alone. What does that mean? Who's with him? Is he on there by himself? Like, did he, I don't know, did Chewbacca welcome him back on? You know, that'd be so cool. My mind is just blown. So my question is, so, okay, we do a lot of this with the trailer where we dissect, oh, this is what costume so-and-so is wearing at this point, you know? Right, right. So it's safe to assume that at the beginning of The Last Jedi, Luke is wearing his End of the Force Awakens, like, finest Jedi gear. At some point after that, he puts on his hobo gear, though. Like, sort of the black, almost trash baggy looking costume. And that's what he's wearing when we see him on the Falcon. Could it be that this, we are seeing the lead up to Luke leaving the island? Is that why he's on the Falcon? I, I something tells me I don't know why I just imagine that he meets Chewie outside of the Falcon, like they reunite for the first time since Return of the Jedi. You know that we've seen outside of the Falcon, and so is this is this the moment when Luke's like, "We got to go, Chewie, fire up the Falcon." Damn, that'd be so <laughs> cool. I'm. I kind of wonder if, and and we've discussed this before, if Ray leaves Octo with Kylo either as a captive or of her own choice, is this Luke being like, oh no, we got it. I got to go. Like, shit's getting serious. Is this, you know what I'm saying? So does Ray leave with Kylo in some form, whether it's captured or by choice and then luke leaves on the falcon uh you know it's been pretty well assumed for a while now that you know ray leaves octo at some point it would really only make sense do you really want to see her just on that one planet the whole movie no the what what's what matters is how what mode of transportation she takes and uh i don't know man I'm just wondering, and the question for me has always been, does Luke stay behind? Does Luke pull a Yoda and stay in Octo like Yoda stayed on Dagobah? And I was hoping he doesn't. They only do that when they're too old to fight, right? Well, yeah, yeah, and and I definitely don't think uh, Luke Skywalker is at that point. Something tells me our buddy Luke has got some fight left in him. That's what I think. I hope. If Count Dooku is in the mix... Right. Up until he was. Right. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just get a feeling somewhere deep inside of me that that is Luke preparing to leave the island for the first time and who, who knows how long, however many I don't years. necessarily think that. It may just be, I don't, I don't know why you would let the Falcon sit on your island that this girl showed up. This girl showed up in the Falcon. Right. It's not like she showed up in a ship and, you know, like. That I would imagine you would want to check it out pretty soon to being there, like not necessarily leaving on it. You think he right. lets that ship sit on the island the whole time? Well, I mean, he knows the ship. He knows Chewie. He knows R2. Like, I don't think he would be what like, What if Chewie Whoa. takes off? Like, well, no, we know he probably chills on the island with her, right? Yeah, yeah. There's some, there's definitely some Chewie and Porg adventures to be had, you know? Yeah. Um, w- What I wonder is, is that 
the reason I wonder if that's him getting ready to leave is the fact that the power, the Falcon is powering up. You know, there's no need to power it up if you're go, just going on to check it out, look around for old time sakes, you know? Like, yeah. it's it's all booting up and stuff. I don't know. This is what I was thinking. <laughs> um, Another really cool shot we got in this TV spot was a full-on shot of Snoke's throne room. With that red-ass background, Snoke's throne, it looks like Hux is present, and the eight Praetorian guards, four on each side of him. Um, and and uh, what does Snoke say? Is it darkness rises that he I says? So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just a, it's cool to finally get a look at uh, Snoke's room, not in a behind-the-scenes type situation, to see the actual movie quality set and stuff with all the lighting and all that fancy shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, if you notice there is a weird device or something to the right of Snoke's throne, it's present in the playset, uh, the Snoke's throne room playset. I don't remember that. What does it look like? <sighs> it's hard to describe what it looks like. It kind of looks like, I don't know, some sort of device. I don't know if it's a communication <laughs> device. If you vamp for a little bit, I can try to find a picture. Um, Because I would just wonder what he would need a device for. You know, what mm. would, would he need a device for force, you know, something related? Or is it to preserve his health or his life support? I think those are all interesting options to... Uh, consider it also makes me wonder if it could it be just something as simple as like that's his holograph hologram projector is oh, that what that he, could be you know i is, get it yeah is that what it could he be uses? something i'm overthinking it well like it's some God you're you, see i like what you're doing because you're doing what i'm doing i'm going for the big stuff yeah like you're yeah. saying is that a life support system is that uh you know some kind of um, but didn't we last time we brought up ocom's razor Right, right. Is that where the simplest explanation for something is usually correct? Is so, it that O'Connor? I'm sending you a picture. It's not the greatest one. I just I captured it on my phone real quick, and you can see it in the picture I sent you. And, you know, honestly, looking at it, I wonder if it's some sort of torture device. Oh, that would be awful. Or interrogation device, kind of like that that table that they put Han on in Empire. Yeah, or the... um. The little interrogation droid that Darth Vader has? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, if you check it out, you'll see what I'm talking about. But I don't know. I don't know. Piece of machinery in the wall back there? Yeah. And do you see the chandeliers? That's something that I'm just now noticing. They look like morning stars or maces, like the head of a mace. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to the right of his throne, uh, Hux is standing to the side of it, and then the Praetorian guards are kind of three In of the them. Background. Yeah, and you see what I'm talking about? That device. Yeah. How would you describe it? It's like I don't know. It looks like a gate or a, a window, or but it's not either of those things. It's very interesting to me. It just looks like a control panel, like a computer panel. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It could be a, something as simple as that. It's just some sort of piece of electronics, some fancy Star What I wonder business. is, what's the other thing in the floor with the two lights? Yeah. 
Yeah, what is that? That looks more device-like. That's what I thought you were talking about. That other thing looks almost like just background. Yeah, this but thing over here. It's sort of in the, the fore- foreground, though. But um, right. <clears throat> Damn, that's an ominous-looking throne room, though. He yeah. he put down the some. Red. Yeah, I was about to say he put down some money for that LED lighting system that he's got going in there. He can set up a real dark mood lighting. Some sort of pendant or crest over the top of the throne. Yeah, and I think that is present in the Snoke and Throne Room play. Um, Snoke and Throne Deluxe Black Series set, which GameStop has still not sent me. Those oh, wow. fucking bastards have had it pre-ordered since the first of September. Since damn ass September. Since damn ass September, he says, and I agreed. <coughs> but yeah, yeah I see what you're talking about. Um, there was a cool shot of the Falcon bursting from the ground, which I assume is sort of the follow-up to that scene we saw in the trailer of the Falcon whipping through some crystal tunnels on crate. Yeah, there. There was one you saw the Falcon in, like the interior of a ship. I be- I thought. Ooh, I didn't catch that. I'll have to go back and look. I thought, man, I could be wrong, but it looked like they were inside something machiney. And then um, another shocking big event is it's raining. Ray is looking kind of pissed off. She's holding the saber. And then it cuts to Luke laying on the ground. It's a shot we've already seen in the trailer. Yeah, this and isn't going to go how you think. Yeah, it looks like we're getting a little more context to that. And that's troubling to me, man. What the fuck is going on there? Like, I'm, sh- I'm sure, okay, Luke has that, comp- that complaint moment where he's like, oh, I'm, I don't know how to do I'm no good at this. I don't know what I'm doing. Um. She may have a breakdown like that and provoke him into a fight just to see, you know, like, how powerful are you really? I don't know. Is she is she upset in, in some way that Luke is trying to train her? Like, is, is, she, is he asking something of her or pushing her in a certain way that's upsetting her? Is he saying, like, you know, you've got to do this? And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Or... No, you're wrong. Or is she just finally fed up with him being like, nah, the the Jedi need to end. And she's like, no, I'm going to be a Jedi. And he's like, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to end the way you think. Obviously, that wouldn't be direct dialogue because, you know, they're going to do a way better job writing than me. <laughs> Cut to Octo. Ray and Luke are in an uh, argument. I, I'm telling you, the Jedi need to end. No, I'm going to be a Jedi. This isn't going to go the way you think. That's why you think I, she right there. First thing. She's like, no, fuck it. That's why I'm not a big Holly weird writer. Ooh, Holly weird. I'm trying to think of how else she would challenge him, but I don't know. That seems pretty rage. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I've never seen another Jedi challenge their master like that mm-hmm. so that's pretty much you know the big stuff i would say unless that what if that's not the same scene 
it could be. What if it's another it could, punk out? It, it, that could uh, obviously, you know, I, I feel like some of that's going on in the trailer. <clears throat> I could see that being the case here, but something about it seems to line up a little better than the lighting other things. in the the lighting in the the sky and like it's raining and Luke in that scene was all wet when he's laying on the ground. Something kind of tells me they're connected. <clears throat> um. So you said when, before we started that you had taken some notes on some uh, Star Wars. I news. have Star Wars noise. I mean news. <laughs> noise news. It doesn't uh, matter. None of this matters. noise. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of Star Wars news this week, and I, I'm assuming it's because. Uh, the Last Jedi is coming out, but I've got a lot of news and like I just caught it. And I was like, oh, I should talk about this. So I'll talk about this. But I read, I think it was a Vanity Fair article where Mark Hamill uh, was just talking about signing up to do the new Star Wars trilogy. I don't know and, that that was Vanity Fair. I know what you're talking about. And I read the article, but I would let me let me look real quick just so I can. Yeah, the I New York Times. The New York Times. Yes. Um. Uh, and so, the, but it was cool to me that the whole time the journalist was talking to Mark Hamill, he was doing different voices and he was doing yoga poses. And that just is so hilarious, I guess. Like, it's so funny. Now, why would they have Mark Hamill getting all in shape and doing yoga poses and shit if he ain't going to use a goddamn lightsaber in this movie? That's true. You know? That's true. Like, if he's just got to sit around and talk and train, I, you know, there's a certain level of fitness that he can get by with doing, you know. Yeah. There's ah. part of that, you know, of what he was saying. Why you, why you got me working out if uh, if I'm just going to be old man Yoda? Like, I mean, yeah, like old man Skywalker Yoda. Yeah, talking about his participation in uh, The Force Awakens. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he basically said that, like, he was kind of considering not maybe maybe not coming back for the whole idea of catching lightning in a bottle twice yeah. struck him as odd and he wasn't sure he really wanted to do it but Harrison Ford kind of convinced him that they should yeah the fact that Harrison came back was like well if if he's coming back then I have to I can't be the one that's not going to do it he yeah. tells a really funny story about <clears throat> when George Lucas took he and Carrie to lunch and told him that you know he was going to be passing on leadership of Lucasfilm to Kathleen Kennedy, and they were going to be making new movies that Carrie immediately uh, slapped the table and said, I'm in. Yeah. I love that. Oh. I love that, too. I miss Carrie Fisher so much. And Mark Hamill was like, whoa, 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 you got to play it cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. <clears throat> um, the, um, the story that he told of... Uh, Carrie, him in the past not really wanting to associate certain things with Star Wars. Maybe he has some of his stage acting. He didn't want to credit that right. in the handbill. And Carrie Fisher gave him some shit about how, look, you're Luke Skywalker. I'm Princess Leia. It's always going to be that way. You need to get used to it. You know, like you need to own it. And uh, I thought that was really cool. You know, make you know, be rewarded for what you've done. You don't have to put it to the side. Right. Don't be ashamed to be in Luke Skywalker. Yeah, or scared of it, but I, I understand the pressure, because Daisy Ridley even mentioned the pressure of fame and being, you know, so important in Star Wars overnight. I can only imagine. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was. I a, thought it was a good article. 
it was a really good article. I think uh, if you guys haven't read it yet, you should go and check it out. Um, you know, it doesn't give you any great insights into the Last Jedi necessarily, but it's it's cool. I think it gives you good information. Um, also, Kathleen Kennedy confirmed the existence of Ray and Finn in episodes after episode nine. Okay. Like their story would continue. So it's important to put this in context, I feel. But yes, that, that was pretty much what she said. She was on the Star Wars show this week, which is their YouTube show that they do every Wednesday. And she was their interview guest. And she basically said, right now they're sitting down and they're talking about the next 10 years of Star Wars. And when she mentioned that, she said, we're looking at how we continue the story of these new characters, uh, Ray, Finn, Poe, and BB-8, after episode nine. And they're looking at <clears throat> who they can bring on to work in Star Wars, which I assume is, you know, directors and writers and things like that. But yes, to me, that is the most definite sort of mention of, you know, like an episode 10 episode, you know, further adventures oh, oh, like that! past uh, this new sequel trilogy that we're in the middle of right now. And when I was watching it, Jesse was sitting on, you know, on her spot on the couch and I was watching it and she was like on her phone. And when she said that, I like gasped and I was like, baby, did you hear what she just said? Oh, I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. It had me really excited, dude, knowing that those all those characters are going to persist, that they're going to keep doing the you know Star Wars movies, basically. Yeah, and obviously she's a smart lady, and she's not going to uh, let the cat out of the bag. But she didn't mention Kylo Ren in that list. She did not. I didn't hear his name in there. It wasn't. Um, now, granted, if let's say Kylo does survive the trilogy, which I personally don't think he will, she wouldn't give that away. You know? Hell no. So it's nothing to really use as any like evidence of where it's going or what's going to happen to Kylo. But I did think it was interesting. Right. Um, she, uh, man, Kathleen Kennedy's such a cool lady. Yeah. Uh, I think we're, we're really lucky to have her at the helm of Lucasfilm. It, it seems like she's I had so to, too. had to make some really tough decisions as far as you know, letting some directors go and whatnot. But uh, I'm really optimistic that it was for the best. So I just hope right. that's how it turns out, that it was for the best. Me too. Um, not that we'll ever see these other versions of these movies, so it's not like right. we'll have them something to compare it to. But Yeah, I, um, it makes me wonder, like, obviously in the interview she didn't say, like, episode 10 or something like that. It makes me wonder, like, I, I just... For some reason, I, I don't think they would want to get rid of that format for the big saga movies. But on the other hand, the way she said further adventures and stuff, like, you know, will it... Will they stop after nine, labeling not, you know, and then they'd just be, like, Star Wars named movies? Yeah. And will it drop maybe the tri trilogy format after that? I don't know. That'll be interesting to see when the time comes. It will. I wonder. <clears throat> yeah, it'll it'll be uh, 
Star Wars Episode 23. Ah, that'll be the best episode. It's the Jack Shepard episode. The Jack Shepard. There was also all these articles about everyone freaking out that Adam Driver had given away this big clue to Ray's lineage. When I, it was very veiled, and I, I think it was misunderstood as far as I was concerned, but I'm not sure he would be that stupid. Well, th- there's a lot to consider with that article. A, I don't think Lucasfilm is in the business of letting an article like that get out if it were to give something that big away. Right. It, you know? go, it would have to go through approval, you would think. I would absolutely think that something like that would go through approval. And Disney Corporation is going to let you publish something one of their actors say without they're okay. I, I may end up getting the details of this wrong, but I believe the author, it was in GQ, this article, right. sort of um, clarified later that he was speaking about the princess in the movie Hidden Fortress, which, you know, was like a, a big influence on Star Wars, right? Right. The, the Kurosawa movie. So I believe that's how he clarified it. He basically clarified, came out and said, no, that's, you know, it didn't mean that. It meant this, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just a little hazy on the details of, on how he actually clarified it. Um, and it also seemed kind of clickbaity the way it was written, the actual yeah, article. It, like They were kind of trying to pull a fast one a little bit, which kind of, got to be honest, surprised me a little bit from... GQ, you wouldn't expect yeah, right. a, a publication like that to go that route, but it, it seems like they might have. Um, but yeah, the whole that whole thing exploded. Where JJ uh, Abrams had once referred to Kylo Ren and Rey as you know figuratively like a prince and a princess, yeah, you know, like talking in the elements of a story, you know, right. like. Right. And, well, you know, with such, it could also just be in the general terms of a fairy tale because Star Wars is kind of a fairy That's tale. That's basically what I'm talking it's about. It's a sci-fi fairy tale. And, uh, yeah. you know, genera- generalities will be used when you're kind of on lockdown and you can't say a lot about this movie you're promoting. Right. That's something I'm actually getting really excited about is we're just now starting to see the deluge of promotion for this movie be it articles and interviews and you know all the cast will start showing up on the the late night shows we're going to be getting some really cool and fun stuff i'm a big fan of how uh john boyega and daisy ridley specifically the two of them together uh interact when they're promoting this movie so i really can't wait till that swings into high gear um but, you know, I'm a big fan of the idea of Ray either being related to Luke or being related to Han and Leia, you know, being some part of that family unit. And so, you know, if I really felt like that's what he means, I would be 100% behind it. I just think you got to examine it a little closer and not get too excited about that because I don't think they would allow a slip up like that to get by. Right. So. There was an article where Thandie Newton said uh, that the solo movie was awesome, that there wasn't, you know, these reshoots that were rumored and it's going to be epic. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that as well, where she came out and talked about like 
uh, Sandy Newton, yeah, basically said that it was it went really well despite the director shakeup. And you know, on one hand, of course, that's what they're gonna say. On the other hand, say it like that's what I want to hear. I want to hear yeah. good things leading into this movie with the yeah. crazy tumultuous production it's had. So I'm all about it. Fuck yeah, sounds great. You know? Yeah, exactly. There was also an article with John Boyega where he was hinting that he wouldn't be a Jedi per se, mm-hmm. necessarily. I thought that was kind of neat. He was yeah. in, he was saying he'd like to see the more Boba Fett angle pursued with Finn, but you know. I right. he, that's not saying where it's gonna go, but that was you know just kind of him saying his opinion, I guess. Yeah, you know, before the Force Awakens came out, I kind of got the feeling that they were messing with us a little bit with the whole Finn and lightsaber thing we were seeing in the trailers. I just got the feeling that Ray was essentially our main character, and that she would yeah. be the one to pick up the mantle of the Jedi. Right. I did think that maybe Finn could be a Jedi as well. And that there wouldn't just be one Jedi apprentice in this movie. Maybe he would be trained as well. Maybe maybe even that uh, Maz would take him as her student. And it would be a different type of Force user than a Jedi. Right. Um, I don't think that's how they're going, though. A so, seer instead of a Jedi. Or, you know, whatever. A Bindu or a whatever the hell. <clears throat> but it, it definitely doesn't seem like... You know, after seeing The Force Awakens, they at no point does it seem like they even alluded to any sort of Force sensitivity with Finn. And right. everything we know about The Last Jedi seems like they're not taking that route. So, you know, just something I kind of considered leading right. into The Force Awakens when we didn't know shit. So, um, yeah, is that it? Is that it for your articles? You got any? Oh, no. Oh. We got a couple more. Uh-oh. Um, Fuck yeah. There was a Halloween couple that dressed up as um, stormtroopers on the speeder bikes, on like indoor speeder bikes. And it was really cool because they had these super shiny mirrors over their wheels to where it looked like they were hovering on the ground. Like it looked like those speeder bikes, it's kind of an optical illusion to where, you know, all you see under it is shadow and street. So your mind doesn't really think that they're wheels there so were they on bicycles yeah uh, yeah. bicycles that have been modified to look like speeder bikes yeah bicycles that had been modified to look exactly like a speeder bike and where the wheels are there are these super shiny mirrors so you don't see the wheels you just see the reflection of the street wow it looks like there's nothing under there that is cool yeah, those are, those are the best Halloween costume ever. I wonder if I could do something like that with my wheelchair to make it look like I'm Klee Lars and my wheelchair's floating. Klee Lars. Did Sal tell you about that some more? Is that like... Is that the key to my Klee Lars cosplay? It would be cool. I'd have to uh, cut You could make yourself look beard. like you were hovering. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Could I use that technique? I'd have to cut my hair and my beard, though. I'm not really feeling that. But to represent my boy Kleeg, it might be worth it. We mm. got your whole life. Whenever you're done with it, then you can do it. There you go. Whenever keep it in your back pocket. Yeah, and whenever I feel like shelling out a whole bunch of money to do some super technical mirror shit to make it look like I'm floating. That sounds really By that really time, cool. they may actually have hover chairs. Yeah, who knows? By the time I'm like Kleeg Lars' age, I would hope they did. 
would hope they did. I don't know how uh, <clears throat> how lock likely hover chair technology is, but I'd be down. Just down. wait. Because, you know, those things are called a hover round, and that is false advertising. That shit don't hover at all. <laughs> I don't care that what those old ladies say in the commercial. You ain't going to the Grand Canyon in that shit. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. The Grand Canyon. <clears throat> all right. What what you got? Uh, what you got next for me, my dude? Uh, to wrap it up, my, you know, my articles and what I read this week on Star Wars, a busy Star Wars Newsweek. Um, come to find out just on the way that theaters and movies make money. Um, usually the, the theater gets a cut and the person, produ- you know, producing, distributing the movie gets a cut. And, you know, it, in some movies it, it tapers as the movie stays in theater. So it goes from right. like a, a 60, 40 cut for the, for like, let's say Disney to, and the theater to like something else, something more in the theater's favor. Uh, you know, like 50-50 or whatever. Um, that's not going to happen with The Last Jedi. Mm-mm. It's going to stay at a cool 65-35 for the entire run of The Last Jedi. And there's also a stipulation where you have to keep it in your largest auditorium for a month. Yeah, for the and, first four weeks of release. Yeah, or else you pay this fine to where it's 70-30. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would say for the whole run of the movie. I was just like, damn, like they are making they're like, oh, Star Wars is profitable and we will be taking the maximum cut. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, that sort of thing sort of ekes me out a little bit where I'm like, oh man, I don't know, is that dirty? I don't really know. That's you know, why they bought it. I mean, like well, I I know Disney is in the business of, of business. They make money. It just, you know, in that same article that you're talking about, I read it and like apparently some smaller theater owners that are like maybe one or two screens are just choosing not to do The Last Jedi because they are. Yeah. um, Which sucks. But I also think it might be a bad move on their part because this movie is well received. You're going to be getting at least somewhat decent crowds well after that first month. Right, it's look, it's your loss because this movie is probably better viewed in a large auditorium anyway. Like those movie theaters that have two screens, you know, they're probably not that big. They're probably old. And, and there's nothing wrong with an old movie theater. I mean, don't get me wrong. But. Right. And something to, to consider and keep in mind, um, I, I, I don't know the validity of this, but our buddy King Tom was saying on Twitter that around the release of Revenge of the Sith, a theater owner that he knew told him that the cut was way worse where like Lucasfilm or Fox, or I guess it must've been Fox since they distributed the movie. We're getting more than a 65% cut. Uh, you wow. Know, for the first, you know, couple weeks or month or whatever. So, you know, <laughs> not that it's not something that hasn't been done before is I guess what I'm trying to say. Right. That makes sense. I mean, you got to make your money. I, I get it. Something tells me, like, you know, the way theaters operate, like, I, I don't know how true it is. I don't own or operate a theater, but, like, you always hear they really make their money off the concessions um, and things like that. If right. if this movie is well-received and it's one that Star Wars fans are going to go see, you know, multiple, multiple times, 
something tells me it ends up shaking out in the end being worth it for you to have it in your theater even if you yeah. are only getting 35 percent of the profits even you know with with that plus concessions and stuff it's it's gonna be a very popular movie they've released some they do this sometimes where they release box office predictions ahead of time based on tracking and stuff and it looks like they're predicting the four, the last Jedi is going to have the second biggest domestic opening ever, just behind the Force Awakens, by just a yeah. little bit behind the Force Awakens. So, some tells me if you carry Star Wars, you your theater makes its money. But like I said, I don't run a theater. I don't really know all the logistics of that. Right. Um. Um. As far as concessions go, I guess it comes from growing up poor. But my family always took snacks. Into the movie, like smuggle snacks into the movie. Oh, I still smuggle snacks into the damn movie. They, that shit comes from being poor. I'm not paying movie price for snacks. We'll stop at dollar store and then go to the movies. That's exactly what... Ju- now, nowadays, I allow myself one concession visit. Well, I always, nowadays at least, prefer to get a concession st- soda. A fountain soda, I just enjoy better than bottled soda. That's true. I know it's weird, but like I just prefer. I'm not taste. even necessarily talking about a drink. I'm just talking about things yeah. that would fit in your pockets. Exactly, and and like now with trying to get the uh, limited edition popcorn buckets, you know, I'll spring for those on one of my Star Wars viewings. But right, you know, I'm with you. Smuggle them snacks in, especially with Jesse. She brings her purse. You can load a lot of snacks in one oh, of those man. purses. Girl's purse. You're good to go. That's a jackpot. It's like. Indiana Jones satchel. What's in that shit? We don't know, but it rules. It's going to make a bunch of noise opening it up, but I don't care. I don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, hey, thanks for uh, bringing some hot fire Star Wars news. Yeah, brought the hot news this week. Just because it caught my eye, I figured we need to talk about it. Yeah, I like all of those. So uh, you want to do some uh, emails and voice messages before we call it a night? You know I do. And you know what we do. When it comes to emails and voice messages. Indeed I do. Let me uh, get this kicking for our wonderful listeners. Uh, here we go. The only Jedi master who can crash box Giddy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Giddy Cockhead So stroke his cone and suck on his balls Giddy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi council stooge but he'll be plumping spooch tomorrow! Cockhead! Blue Herbert! Cockhead! Harsberger! Cockhead! Will Witten! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! Key and D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Hey, Hawes. Yeah, buddy. I can't hear the, um... Audio. Well, 
All right, so first up, we've got our buddy DeMarcus. Let's see what he has to say this week. Hello, hello. Hey, Haas and Will, it's your buddy DeMarcus. So, um, slow news week. I uh, just saw the new um, the Battlefront footage for Kylo Ren, and it blew my freaking mind. Um, his force abilities seem really, really freaking dope. Like, he did this force pull that looked crazy violent and yanked like three players towards him and it looked really awesome and then he has this ability where he can do his freeze which is so cool and he froze like five guys one guy in air and then ran up and just you know sliced them up do you think that maybe that has some connection like he'll do some crazy awesome force um force abilities like he did in the force awakens with you know the freeze and the mind rape that was not so great but yeah um think that that think we'll see that anytime soon it was pretty cool the trailer was pretty cool um what else was i gonna say here oh yeah so halloween yesterday i threw down with some nine-year-old straight straight up lightsaber battle in my driveway it was awesome it was like 7 30 over here <laughs> we were lighting it up with a lightsabers battling, and then I leg sweeped his ass and watched him roll out of my driveway. No, I didn't. I didn't leg sweep him. <laughs> but still, it was pretty awesome. Kid was awesome. But uh, yeah, just a quick update, guys. Very slow week. Um, may the force be with you. And Will, cooking with Will segment here. I think if you cook anything with butter, it's gonna come out amazing. I made this like. Well, I didn't make it. My girlfriend made this brisket that didn't come out well. She used one of those big pot things where it's in water and the water is supposed to tenderize it i don't know what it is but anyway crock pot. didn't come out great so i just cut it up put it in the skillet seared it with some butter and goodness talk about good eating but anyways thanks for listening guys love the show may the force be with you well thanks for writing in buddy it's good to hear from you may the force be with you and <laughs> I think you're right. Absolutely anything could probably be better with butter. I mean, butter makes everything better. It makes, you know, the tastiest pastries. It's that savory that sears everything else. It's croissant. Croissant. It's a delicious fat with which to cook in. Uh, so, new force powers. I definitely think we'll see some sort of new force power in this movie we got a little taste of new force power with I that agree. bolt freeze so and you know the force uh, torture without the lightning i think is new whatever right, that is. right whatever's going on there unless it's just a, ver- a variation of a force choke i don't know what that is it looks painful as shit yeah does not look like a good time so yeah i, I definitely think we'll see some new uh force power business going on and that's exciting to me i always like when you know, I don't want, like, a, a whole shitload of new Force powers at once, but, like, drip-feed them to me. Show me something cool and new the Force can do that I haven't seen or thought of yet, you know? <laughs> the titration. Titration. The drip, drip, drip. Hmm. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, and, and, you know, honestly, the uh, the Battlefront 2 uh, Kylo gameplay, that could be a good hint of something we're going to see. Uh, you know, True. You, you never know how much they're given ahead of time as far as that sort of stuff goes and, and how much they sort of make something up just to fill out their power. Um, yeah. You know, their power list or whatever. So we'll see. 
um, we'll see how that goes. All right, next up, we got an email from our good buddy, Matt Frost. Matt Frost. Matt Frost. Matt Frost. Hi, Halls and Will. I've got a couple of teeny questions for you, but first I want to share a story of solidarity with my buddy Halls after his hippie healing harassment. Halls, I've been there, brother. I'm an electrician by trade. Back in the early 2000s, I was working for a bits and pieces company that did work at a local church what had set up in an old school campus. I knew the pastor and his son pretty well. I'm not religious myself, but have plenty of friends and family who are. My job there one very hot summer day was to install an air conditioner in a small outbuilding, which I was told another church was renting out to use as a library or something. The people there were middle-aged folks milling about with books, and I spoke briefly to them before setting to my job. As it was a very hot day and the work quite difficult, my troublesome snout decided to unleash an impressive nosebleed, and soon my face was plastered with blood and dirt from beneath the building. As I cleaned myself up, a few of the church library folk approached me to see if I was all right. After I told them it was a common thing for me, they huddled together for a moment before returning and asking me if it would be all right if they prayed for me to cure my nosebleeds. As I said, I'm not religious at all, but I honestly respect people's faiths and beliefs. And I pictured these lovely people in nightgowns and nightcaps kneeling at their bed saying a few words for the poor, grubby electrician. I thought it was really nice of them, so I said sure. I was pretty wrong about how this church did their prayers, unfortunately. Suddenly, about eight of them formed a ring around me and started swaying and humming with their eyes closed before one stepped forward with a vial of scented oil and started dabbing some on my forehead. Then they started chanting stuff together and reached a crescendo before unleaking their hands one by one, squeezing my shoulder and leaving. The ointment guy explained that he believes in the healing power of prayer and oils, and then he too left. I pack up and went to see the pastor of the main church who proceeded to nearly wet himself laughing at me. I had an extra bad nosebleed that night. I think they made something angry. (laughs) Some little questions for you both. How well do you think a Star Wars film can go without the Sith slash Empire slash First Order as the antagonist? I think that finding a compelling new type of big bad is one of the biggest hurdles to branching off in the Star Wars universe. I'm nearly certain they would never make one, but would what would your pitch for a movie Star Wars what would be your pitch for a Star Wars horror story? Ooh. They have dabbled in other types of media at times with varying degrees of success. Anywho, hope you're both well and happy. Keep up the good work you do. Big hearts, small sabers, Matt Frost. PS, can your holiday features can your holiday special feature a cooking with will christmas edition i'm cooking this year's christmas dinner and when love tips from the master buddy i think we got you covered i got you dog yeah buddy maybe i pre-read your email and i suggested that to will this afternoon buddy (laughs) i like matt a lot matt's a good dude um he brings up a good very interesting topic to sort of discuss like can a star wars movie do really well without like the sith empire first order something like that and the little bit we've 
heard about Han Solo. To me, the Han Solo movie is where you can do a movie that doesn't really have to focus on the Empire very much, where yeah. you know he's dealing with gangsters and underworld-type elements. But it sounds like the Empire has a fairly significant presence in that movie, so it doesn't even seem like they're going that way with that movie. Um, a big question for me, if they do decide to continue after Episode Nine, you know, who's the big bad? Is it going to be another, you know, fascist uh, fucking evil empire first order type deal is the first order not even going to be defeated in episode nine so they can stick around and be the villains further you know yeah i think that'd be easier than having to try to reinvent one uh you know in the the old eu books when they did the yuzan vong the concept of them as an enemy was interesting a force from outside of the galaxy i personally didn't necessarily feel like the execution was all that great. I felt like they were a little silly and hot topicy, you know, like, sadistic. Like, yeah, they were all like, "Oh, look at all the cool scarification I have," and it's uh, like from the D and D book of Vile Darkness. Kind yeah, of shit, but. yeah, and and like, like I said, the concept was cool, and I personally really enjoy a lot of that whole New Jedi Order stuff. That's that came out while I was in high school and I could not wait for each of those books. I, as back when Amazon was sort of still in its infancy and I was pre-ordering them shits off of Amazon to get delivered. Um, but that concept is something that I think would be kind of interesting to explore as the villains of another trilogy. Um, because, something that could come from outside of the galaxy to threaten the galaxy as a whole and not necessarily in a like, I don't know, in a government type way, you know, or a militaristic type way. Yeah. Um, something interesting to sort of consider. It just felt like a cross between like a Githyanki, Githzerai from Dungeons and Dragons and Klingons. Like if that, like, it's just like somebody, you know, they're psionic resistant, they're force resistant, and they're like a warrior conqueror yeah. species. That honestly was one of the things I never really dug was that um, they just weren't part of the force. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then the the explanation and execution of that towards the end of that series I felt got a little goofy when they brought in that living planet Zenoma Zakat or whatever that was called. I don't know if you m- know much about that whole thing. <clears throat> Got a little Zenoma Zakat, yeah. Um and then, you know, things of that nature aren't just necessarily my bag in Star Wars. I thought it was neat that they had like armor and stuff like made of chitin that could uh yeah, resist lightsabers and stuff. Now that Chitin or chitin? Uh, chitin, chitin, tomato, tomato, banana, banana, whatever. Who who says tomato? Who says potato? Fancy fuckers. Would you like some Excuse mashed potatoes? Excuse me, sir. I need a pound of potatoes. <laughs> and while you're at it, I'll have some tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's something that I think they will eventually, to keep it from getting sort of stale, have to consider. 
doing something a enemies little different. Enemies that don't... I don't like the concept of enemies that don't... aren't affected by the Force. Yeah, I don't like... I'm just saying they need to think of something beyond, like, a First Order or an Empire, you know? They gotta think of something to mix it up. I'm not saying do the Yuuzhan Vong, by any means. It's gotta be somebody that wants to hurt people, because the whole Jedi's purpose is to protect right. the galaxy. Right, I mean, there's always gonna be... I mean, it's Star Wars, there's... It, at least in the, you know, saga films, there's always going to be some sort of war going on. Okay, wasn't um, the question a horror movie? Well, that was the second question. What would we? What would be our pitch for a Star Wars uh, horror movie? You know, it scares the shit out of me. And space is extra dimensional stuff. Yeah, you know that, that's horrifying. That's truly horrifying. So you know, like kind of the concepts in Stranger Things, but those are very graphic and defeatable like more of the lovecraftian mm-hmm. sanity losing extra dimensional horror that's that's terrifying that's creepy to me so you know fascinating and good you know but like you know because i yeah. like horror stuff but. so there was an eu set of books that was kind of like star wars zombie books i want to say one of them was even called red harvest as like hmm. a play on blue harvest yeah. where like this scientist created basically a zombie virus right um and that's where the whole like zombie stormtrooper comes thing 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 comes from if you've ever seen like artwork of that and stuff okay i'm definitely not a huge fan of that just because i'm done with zombies like i was done with the walking dead the walking dead played it out yeah zombies were cool until you wore it the fuck out all damn year on amc um I think what what you kind of mentioned, like, what if they did sort of a Star Wars take on um, that movie Event Horizon? So, holy God, you know, like a group of scientists go to explore or uh, you know study a black hole, and some weird in- extra dimensional shit happens. And the other thing is with Star Wars, like you've got a galaxy full of possibilities with aliens. You could do alien like ridley scott's alien but in star wars and i think that could be kind of cool too with some sort of hell yeah something gets loose Mm -hmm. like like a baby rancor gets loose on a spaceship or some shit i you know rancor i kind of get but i would i would want something new something i'm just you know but yeah basically the raftar you know uh scenario yeah loose on a ship or a planet or like a a scientific station or something like that that could be really cool all right, so we have we have one more voicemail and then two more uh, emails, and we'll wrap this up for you guys. We've got some holiday special stuff to attend to. That's why this week is a little shorter, but uh, I'm sure you guys understand. Trust me, we're going to make it up with a kick-ass special episode. It's going to be quite long. So uh, Next up, we got a voicemail from our good buddy, King Tom, the king. Of all damn ass Toms. All of them. King Tom here. Wanted to talk about Mandalorians. I don't know if this question has been asked before. Hell, I may have even been the one to ask it. But if anyone's going to answer it, I want it to be you guys. So, the season premiere of Rebels this year, we saw... Went to Mandalore. You know, we saw this uprising. The clans reuniting. Uh, we kind of have an idea of where they're headed, I guess. You know. Mandalore Empire, 
in a in a war for the planet and the systems, however many there are. Um, but I, I wanted to ask: Do you th- do you guys think that? Yeah, because every now and then there will be a Mandalorian in the comic. Um, I don't know if they've been in any of the new canon books. They've pretty much been relegated to the cartoons. Do you ever think we'll see Mandalorians um, in like a live-action setting, whether it be a TV show or a future movie? Um, I mean, their armor and the jetpack kind of lend themselves a little bit better to the animation, even though it would be totally cool to see it live-action. Um I don't know, I just, I just think for such a, a huge group in the Star Wars universe, obviously there, you know, I'm sure maybe there are some you know, man, random, rando mandos in the uh, Rebellion Army, <coughs> or even the Imperial Service. You just wanted to say there, rando mando. <laughs> um, Cool-ass uniforms and jetpacks and gauntlets and everything. But I just think that sometime, and I'm sure you guys think this too, that I think sometimes we will see them live action. I want that to happen. Or do you think they're just going to keep them for animation. I just want to know what you guys think. That's been on my mind for quite some time since seeing the season premiere of Rebels. And you know, there's a bunch of other stuff, awesome stuff happening too. But I wanted to ask Mando's question. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you guys later. Well, thank you, King Tom, for writing in, my man. Um, my man. My man. Writing in, calling in, voicing in. Voice message ginging in. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I definitely think we will see live-action Mandalorians. Going back to my argument earlier about how Disney is very fond of money, uh, if you can, if the market is for a, a Mandalorian movie that's not saying gruesome, but like ass-kicking, basically, you know, of course, a group of Mandalorians, you know, you have to get to get to the point where Star Wars stories can take risks like that, but. It is easily animated, but I think you're guaranteed to see Mandalorian armor in the movie again, no matter what. I would hope so. It, I, I know exactly what he means. Like, if you go by the canon stuff and Clone Wars and Rebels, they're making Mandalore and the Mandalorian culture and all that stuff a really big deal. Then when you watch the movies, it's just not present. You see Boba Fett in Mandalorian armor <clears throat> and you see Jango Fett. Now, does that mean by the original trilogy, the Mandalorian culture and Mandalorians aren't a thing anymore? I don't know. Is that yeah. where they're going to take that? Is that they get completely subjugated and wiped out by the Empire? I don't know. I hope we see live-action Mandalorians at some point. You know, I mean, I want a Boba Fett movie. Uh, does he technically count as a Mandalorian? Uh, I don't I don't know that he does. He. I, it seems like they're trying to paint him as in Django as not truly Mandalorians. They're just badass dudes that wear the armor. I I don't really know though. Um, I don't know. You I I would say I hope that if they ever do go to a point where they're doing something way back when, like you know, thousands of years before Phantom Menace or something. When it's kind of been established that the Mandalorians and Jedi had conflict with each other, I think that would be cool to see. Um, I'm all about seeing some damn Tar Vizsla, the Mandalorian Jedi with the dark saber. I think that's probably, you know, asking a little too much or hoping a little too much, but I'm going to cling on to that, man. I'm going to cling on to it and hope we do. <clears throat> all right. 
So we got an email from our buddy Chris Lilly. He's got a Star Wars question and a Chef Will question. Hey, fellas. I have two questions this week. One is Star Wars related, and the other is an inquiry for Master Chef Will. I like that. Master Chef. Did you just hold up a fucking sword when I said that? Did you just salute me with a sword? I did, yeah. Beautiful. What do you guys think all all Sheev Palpatine would have done about Anakin's name and title if he had bested Obi-Wan on Mustafar? By the end of Clone Wars, Anakin was well known to the Republic for his victories against the Confederacy of Independence Systems, even to the point of being called the hero with no fear. What I believe still holds up, and which I believe still holds up in current canon, Anakin was practically a household name throughout the Republic, and his face was all over the Hollow Net, mainly thanks to Palpatine himself. Would he still have been called Darth Vader by everyone in the New Order, even though everyone knew him as Anakin Skywalker before? It was easy for everyone in the Empire to accept him as Darth Vader when he was relatively unknown thanks to his mask and suit. I just think people would have kept referring to him as Anakin Skywalker, probably at their own peril, and that would have fucked him in the head too, as he is trying to put that life behind him. I'm curious what you guys think. So let's... um. Let's hit that first. Personally, I think had Anakin not been put in the suit and had beaten Obi-Wan, it would have been been an instance where to the public he was Anakin Skywalker. And I think they would have <clears throat> framed it as, well, he was the good Jedi. He was the one that helped overthrow the Jedi and strike the Jedi down when they tried to... He'd have been the Jedi whistleblower. Yeah, well, he was the Jedi that helped... Um, defeat the Jedi Order and all the remaining Jedi when they tried to overthrow the government, which you know is how Palpatine uh, sold that shit. Sold that shit to the Senate. But it's just like you know, nobody calls Palpatine Darth Sidious, right? They call him Emperor Palpatine. I think right. it would have been a similar situation. I think he still would have been Palpatine's right hand man. I think. When they were together, they would refer to each other as Darth Vader and and Master and things like that. But I think to the public, he still would have been referred to as Anakin Skywalker. I mean, within the Empire, he was Lord Vader. It wasn't Darth Vader. It was Lord Vader. Yeah. So, that's kind of how I feel. How do you feel, buddy? I feel like Darth Vader considered Anakin dead after his encounter with Obi-Wan. Right. That he was Darth Vader. And uh, he embraced it wholeheartedly. And I also think, you know, had he had he not got fucked up, he would have been, you know, Master Skywalker. You know, he he would have been Palpatine's chosen. Right. So you think kind of like I did, where we're like, yeah, to 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 back, you know, two faced and backhandedly, you know, backhandedly manipulate the entire empire. But I think but that the fact that he got so fucked up and put in the outfit gave him the freedom to transcend that and just be the villainous, death-slaying, you know, death dealer, lord of the Sith, Vader. Right. <clears throat> All right. So this is what he has to say uh, for you. I must say I really appreciate Will's cooking bits when we're lucky enough to get them. I love to cook, but my new dietary lifestyle of paleo has me fighting to find new and creative ways to prepare lean meats and vegetables, despite a plethora of YouTube recipe videos. 
I'm pretty burnt out on stir-fry-like dishes. I'm thankful for any good recipes that Will might have that omits dairy, grains, legumes, sugar, and industrial oils. Thanks again, guys, for the wonderful podcast. So, what you got for my man? Um, okay, there are three basic ways to cook something. I just think in general, for healthy eating, you can steam something. You can boil it, you can roast it, you can fry it. Obviously, frying is the least healthy. And since we said uh, no industrial oils, that means, you know, no canola. I guess maybe just like lard and fat and butter are the only things you can use to cook with. Which is, you know, which is fine. They're just high in fats. But I mean, if you're eating paleo, I guess that's fine. Um, and that's pretty much your options for everything, you know, from meat to vegetables. That's the way you can cook things. Uh, personally roasted, even, even like on a grill. Uh, I like adding the irony of the concept of if you're eating a paleontological diet, you're probably cooking things over an open fire. Uh, not necessarily baking or any other thing like that or roasting or, well, I guess fire is roasting, but. You're not boiling or, or steaming them unless you're wrapping them in plant. But that's all cool. That's part of the fascination of it. So grilling it adds that that paleontological dish texture for me. I really like that grilled vegetables and grilled meat. Um, it's hard. It's hard not using those fats is what I'm saying. But spices and stocks are your best friend um, because you can put the flavor of lots of different vegetables into a stock and that stock can permeate your other vegetables and season that. Uh, and that's just water and, you know, vegetable flavoring or some meat and spices. But that's um, – I'll have to think of some paleontological recipes. When I think about paleo food, I think about lots of raw food. I think about raw nuts. I think about uh, fruit, raw vegetables, steamed vegetables, you know roasted what? vegetables, you know, <clears throat> roasted meats. You know what I'm a I'm a big fan of. Um, What's that? That I believe follows falls under the uh, idea of the paleo diet. I love kale chips. Kale's great. Like I love kale. Homemade kale chips, like done in oh, the yeah. oven with some spices yeah, yeah, roast, and salt on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like because I'm I'm not necessarily like. I'm a fat guy, so like clearly I don't lead the healthiest lifestyle as far as what food I choose to put in my body. Right. But I'm not opposed to healthy food. I'm not one of those guys that like I don't eat vegetables. Like I, I like vegetables. I like the taste of vegetables. Um and and things like that. I have a few weird nitpicky things like I don't really like avocado. That's something I don't really get down on. Hmm, I um, like avocado. But uh, you can you can do squash and zucchini chips. Like yeah, Yo, those are good too. Um, but like when I'm trying to eat healthier, like my big thing I end up cra craving is like the real bad junk food for you: potato chips, Cheetos, things like that. And kale chips do just the trick for me for some reason. Jesse makes them for me occasionally, and they're so good. And they're just sounds like, good. You know, nice and crispy and crunchy, so you get that sort of craving. <clears throat> uh fulfilled and you get a little bit of the saltiness and you know it's uh it's what i dig um i don't know if that 
necessarily i don't know exactly how she does it i don't know if there's oil involved that he couldn't use but something tells me there's at least a paleo option um i would think cold pressed olive oil would be okay but since he said no industrial i don't know if, if it the fact that it's produced with an industrial press and not you know from another means would make a difference right <clears throat> All right. Well, yeah, think up uh, some ideas for our buddy, and we'll hit him with him next week. How's that sound? I'll do some research, and I'll, I'll take care of that. Okay. Lastly, we got our good buddy, Oher. I believe I'm saying that right. He helped me figure it out. I hope I didn't fuck it up. Hey, Halls and Will. Lately, I've been wondering, how will the ski speeders combat the gorilla walkers on crate? Will they cut into the ground and make them sink into the surface's abyss? Use the red soil or try to take them out and fail miserably? I'd like to hear your speculation on how these scooters will be able to take on walkers. Kind regards and keep up the amazing work. Thanks, buddy. How do you think they're going to do that, buddy? I'm not sure. Uh, they may be carrying a weapon that's effective. A missile or you know, a, a, some sort of magnetic, rolling magnetic charge would be cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you have comparable destructive technology, you can do damage. Right. And it always seemed to doesn't me, always have to be the tether is what you're thinking, you know. Right. I you know, I, I don't think we're gonna see them trip up the walkers. I think that's something they'll avoid. Because um, the only reason Luke did that was because their blasters weren't doing any damage. Right. To the armor. That's the thing about the It was a last ditch effort. The snow speeders in the Empire Strikes Back seemed to me that they were something that wasn't meant for combat that was repurposed to be used. I mean, they were scout ships and they were right. like helping them get around their base. Right. So it, it seems like they were just like, Oh, I mean, let's try to turn these into weapons as best as possible. I like the idea of he, he that he has, cause you know, the ski speeders have that ski that scrapes the ground or, or, you know, touches the ground. It would be neat to see them like cut around one of those things and drop the ground out from under them. Yeah, it it appears from the trailers and stuff we've seen that maybe the surface of the crate in at least some spots isn't necessarily that solid. If the Falcon can fly through tunnels beneath crate and crap and you know burst out of the ground and stuff, yeah, um, that um, I th I could see that being a pretty neat option for them to use. Ultimately, though, I think the fight's just not going to go very well for them, and classic walker versus the good guys fashion you know i don't uh, and we've seen some crashing in trailers and stuff and behind the scenes so something tells me that shit maybe isn't super effective uh, hmm. and also you know this being the middle trilogy of the movie i don't really think you can have the good guys um <clears throat> middle movie of a trilogy i meant to say i just realized i was I thinking up. on that i was like did i miss no. did i hear that backwards yeah, no, I said it backwards. I'm a backwards man, backwards man. I could go backwards <laughs> fast as you can. I'm backwards man, backwards man. Um, it's Tom Green, isn't it? It sure is. Um, we should play trivia. <laughs> I, uh, I think, uh, I think the resistance is going to lose that fight. I mean, unless they got the ace up their sleeve, I was talking about that. I, you know destructive technology that's going to take them out i'm not sure i am uh, like you're talking about i'm interested to see what kind of weaponry those uh, ski speeders have 
You know, is it going to just be your your classic lasers? Are they going to have maybe some sort of missile or bomb system? Is this another thing that was repurposed? Were these used as some sort of mining vehicle on crate at some point, and they're just there, and that's why they're using them? Or are they a little more uh, suited for combat than snow speeders were? I mean, the whole reason the snow speeders attacked the ATAs is because they had to give time to let the civilians get away. Yeah, it was basically a distraction tactic more than anything. They knew um, they weren't going to be successful. To try and take out, what do whatever damage they could, I guess, you know? Yeah. Luke took out two. He sure enough did. He had to get creative with that second one. Yep. <coughs> All right. Well, I think that... <coughs> oh, boy. I think that's going to do it for this. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thanks for recording with me, buddy. Thank you for recording with me, man. Uh, You know, leave us some reviews on iTunes if you hadn't. It really helps us out. Check out our store on on TeePublic. If you like our theme song, please support the band that was kind enough to provide the music they are stoned cobra and you can find them at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and on itunes and spotify and uh we'll be talking to you guys again real soon next week and we look forward to it so until then this has been blue harvest i'm halls burkhart and i'm will witten may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us <laughs>